0: Barnes, high! It's a game! like so close to having the league championship series set so so close we got game five battle of the bullpens between cleveland and the yankees at yankee stadium tonight peter before we get any farther are you going
1: no i don't think i'm gonna go i should go should i go
0: you should I understand I've, if you don't want to go, you already have Oh, no, I, I want
1: to go. Do I want to spend another $250, $300 on tickets when I can just watch it here, maybe stream live? I'm not sure yet. We're recording at 9 in the morning. Currently, I am unsure. Make a game time decision. So yes. we're getting you set for Game 5.
0: Winner take all in the ALDS between the Yankees and the Guardians. Savali and Tyon are the starters. Take those with a grain of salt because they're not really starters. They're pretty much openers in this game. So we're going to talk about what to expect from game five. Before we do that, Garrett Cole pitched out of his mind wonderfully in Cleveland on Sunday night. We also got to talk about the other three series that wrapped and have the NLCS set and one half of the ALCS set. This is the Just Baseball Show Monday, October 17th. Jack, Peter, and man, I mean, let's start with game four at the P last night, because you said just before we started recording Garrett Cole earned his pinstripes. And to that, I say, yes, he kind of did it before in the regular season, because he has been one of the best regular season pitchers in baseball, like across the league, since he came over to the Yankees, this is year three with New York. Yes. I mean, he's on the short list of best pitchers in baseball every single year because of how many innings he throws how many strikeouts he accumulates this was his one rough year era rise and still a rough year is like a 3-5 era but him showing this in the postseason not just game one at yankee stadium but game four in a hostile environment in cleveland was incredible and i think i'm done doubting him in the postseason
1: Yeah, I'm done doubting him too. I think the only reason I doubted him was the image of him getting blown up at Fenway in such a pivotal game just burned so clearly in my mind. And I think it burned in a lot of Yankees fans' minds because – You look at the overall numbers in the postseason. I mean, Garrett Cole in the postseason, when you add the Astros into the equation, has an ERA under three. All the peripherals look awesome. And all the peripherals are always going to look awesome for Garrett Cole because he's a high strikeout guy. He doesn't walk anyone. He pounces strike zone. And his only issue is giving up home runs. He was one of the league leaders in home runs this year. You have Josiah Gray, who I don't even know if he – Qualifies so if you look at qualified pitchers with over 150 innings, Garrett Cole is your league leader in home runs this season. So moving off of the bad start in Boston, then to a season where he had a massive home run problem, it's not that he had a bad season, it's just that caught up to him and that burned the image in a lot of Yankees fans' minds. So I think myself and a lot of Yankee fans understandably were nervous for these starts. We understand his stats with Houston, but with Houston. That was kind of the sticky stuff era a little bit. Like, I'm not going to fully take that out of the equation and just say, oh, that was exactly what is happening right now. Garrett Cole looked like a different pitcher with the Houston Astros, which is okay. He looked like the best pitcher of all time with the Houston Astros. It was unbelievable. That's why he got $324 million and hasn't been the exact same guy. But with all that said, he pitched phenomenally. He was great. He pounded the strike zone. He got outs when he needed. And overall, I would like to say that he did earn his pin stripes. Do I want to still think he can do it in the ALCS against the Astros if the Yankees do make it there? Yes. But overall, two great starts. And now we believe moving into a game one that if he were to pitch, we think he can match up with Verlander. We think he can match up with Fram It doesn't matter. It's Garrett Cole. And a, a week or so ago, I don't know if I believe that even if the numbers told me I should have.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, how much do you think a nine ounce container of spider tack on Amazon costs?
1: $7.
0: $43.
1: I was so off. What? I think
0: demand <laughs> has gone up. You can get a two and a half ounce little container of spider tack for 20 bucks, but like Nine ounces is 42 on Amazon. And I, I think the demand has been driven up because you got a whole bunch of jabronis like you and me saying, oh, we should buy some spider tack and see what it does. And we're just like playing catch with our son.
1: I think we're, we're joking. I don't think he's using it. No, he's you? not. He's not yeah, it. I don't think he's anymore. using it. I don't um, think anybody's using it. I think it's tough when they're checking your hand. But maybe, you know, I wouldn't put it past pitchers to have found another way of, doing things no
0: it's it's called getting creative man and i'm yeah. sure
1: the pitchers have gotten creative but i i say good for you for but for that's not the goal. story here, no 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 right? no. it's
0: not the story at all it was literally just a, a side conversation there that was an aside but the the story with garrett cole is he just went into one of the more hostile environments you will find in major league baseball and okay. that's cleveland ohio in the postseason and josh Naylor rocking the baby around the bases calling calling you his son
1: um but did he so we have we have a tweet um i'd like to find it i sent it into um our group chat for a little bit of context about that play because you know everyone was saying that josh naylor was directing it at him i don't think he was so this is from mandy bell who is the guardians beat reporter for mlb.com great work (laughs) mandy does Great work. Tristan McKenzie talked about Josh Naylor rocking the baby celebration earlier this month. In quotes, nails, when he hits homers off people, he calls them his son, hence rocking the baby as he runs around the bases. So it's like, according to Tristan McKenzie... It's any pitcher. It's any pitcher, and it's the ball. Like, it's the home run that is his son, not the pitcher who gives it up. And Josh Naylor, down two runs... Hits it off Garrett Cole, and I think emotions just got the best of yeah. him. Yeah. I don't think he was directing it at Garrett Cole. Did he kind of look over at him, and was there some not intimidation that's factor? The but-
0: competition. I it's- I'm gonna chalk that up to being the heated competition.
1: And for some reason, even before I saw that, I didn't view it as he was doing it at Garrett Cole because I was like, that's almost too disrespectful to do it at Garrett Cole. Yeah. If that makes sense, yeah. like I was like, there's no way that was directed to Garrett Cole, and then when I saw that, I thought to myself, yeah, no shot, because are you if that was actually directed at Garrett Cole? I mean, that's one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen in a sport. Not only that, it's Garrett Cole pulls out his wallet from his back pocket, shows
0: Josh Naylor the the checks that he receives every other week, and says, "Who the fuck
1: are you?" Yeah. Right. I think there was um so the entire Guardians starting lineup plus Cal Quantrill makes thirty seven million and Garrett Cole makes thirty-six million.
0: Yeah, there we go. Okay. Easy peasy. Garrett Cole is winning at life right now. He's the ace of the New York Yankees and he's getting three hundred and twenty-four million dollars over the course yeah. of his career. So yeah, Garrett Cole's winning, and, and he won yesterday. And the thing that sums it up was honestly just one pitch and the reaction after. Pitch number 110 of his outing, you know, getting that punch out to end the seventh and him coming off of the mound, walking towards the first base dugout, you know, me mugging and just yelling. That guy laid it all out on the line. And what I love about Garrett Cole, there are a lot of things that I don't love. I, I think that he is easily combustible. I think that there are times where, Things snowball on him where they shouldn't snowball on him. We see it a lot during the regular season. We heard his remarks about a game starting three minutes late and how that totally screwed him up. That shouldn't be the case with the $324 million ace of the New York Yankees. But what I do respect out of Garrett Cole is this guy can turn on that ultimate competitive switch like a switch. And he did it for 110 pitches against Cleveland on Sunday night. And seeing all that emotion pour out of him after that final pitch of his day was so fun to watch because that's a guy that has a level of give a shit
1: that everybody strives to meet in their life. It's incredible. It's incredible to watch him perform. He earned his money, he dominated. But I know that he knows it's not over because I know that he knows the Yankee fan base. And if he goes into a game three against the Astros in the LCS, which is not a guarantee at all, but if he goes in and he gets bombed, it's the same thing again. Yeah, he is still walking this tightrope, and it's because of that start in Fenway. It is because of the home run problem in um, in the twenty twenty one season. Yeah, so but it was phenomenal. It was great. I want to touch on a couple other storylines because I think the one that maybe shined brightest. Um, because of quotes from Aaron Boone was the Clay Holmes situation. Stupid. Um, yeah, I, I'm so when I saw the quote, I was livid. I was so upset. And because you couldn't define an emergency situation more than the Yankees getting walked off. You couldn't. Yes. I mean, it's four to two. You got a couple outside. You put in Clark Schmidt, who is basically a rookie into that scenario where He's not a closer. He's not used to coming in those type of situations. And while he's been good, you can't rely on someone like that in on the road with runners on like that. That should have been a Clay Holmes appearance. But Aaron Boone, the story is that he was only going to use him in an emergency situation because he still felt that Clay Holmes was dealing with an injury.
0: We need a definition of emergency from Aaron Boone because I define that exact scenario as emergency, right? It, it was what? It was 4-3 at the time, bases loaded, and Oscar
1: Gonzalez, I mean. And you need a ground ball, and Clay Holmes has a negative a s- 40 launch angle.
0: I mean, he is just sinker, sinker, sinker. You see what he did last night? He was every, he, sinker every single every pitch, pitch until the last one when he got j
1: Ran. So first, also, Jose Trevino masterclass last night. Do yes. you see? He, he was framing everything. I think he stole four or five strikes fantastic performance from him but yeah clay holmes was just sinker 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 and they couldn't hit him so that's my thing i love when people tweet about the umpires saying this zone is horrible in terms of like giving guys strikes off the strike zone because that means the catcher is good you have trevino and hedges two of the best pitch framers in baseball it's not really also this was kind of the alan porter game over at first oh yeah it was i love costas and Darling every single time porter did everything man that's like the story here like they were just talking up alan porter so much and i was like i kind of understand why he was dominating like cole was great holmes and wandy in the back end we, of the Yankees we power great, people that great. were really good right yeah.
0: garrett cole alan, alan Porter, porter. wandy peralta
1: jose trevito yeah. and josh naylor um but i think There is an aspect of it, like if the Guardians aren't getting their blue pits, it does seem like the offense doesn't really roll. And I think that was the issue coming into this series, that they they have to be able to string together these hits. And against pitchers like Garrett Cole, it gets extremely, extremely hard. But we're going to preview game five, and I don't know how hard it will be against Jamison Tyon. I'm not sure if it will be that hard or not. We shall
0: see. Uh, Tyone, this is not his first appearance in the postseason. Earlier, he had a very
1: unsuccessful appearance uh, in extras, right, at Yankee Stadium? But it was bloops. I mean, his location was bad. I was there. He was throwing everything right down the middle. But again, he was coming in a situation that he's not used to. So I hear
0: you on, on if the bloops didn't fall um, it would be a different story, and the Yankees would be dominating this series. But to that, I say, the Guardians have been blooping and oh and yeah, fisting soft singles everywhere all year long. and I heard a great line that I want to recycle here: If your grandmother had balls,
1: she would be your grandfather.
0: It's an if
1: right yes, no i I'm not taking anything away from the Guardians. I even wrote it in my article when I was talking about um the last game I was just previewing and obviously not gambling on, on the game. And I said, it's not luck. If it happens every game, yes. it's just how the guardians play, how they do they it. Don't man. strike out. They put the ball in play. They force the defense to work instead of striking out. They might hit a little bloop. And if you hit five bloops in a game, one's going to one or two is going to fall instead of those being strikeouts. So I'm not taking anything away from them. Because this is a team that is not built on luck. It's built on putting the ball in play and and testing the defense. And when you don't have an elite defense, more often than not, those will fall. But that's what I'm saying here, that they're not built on the home run. They're not built on the double in the gap. They're not built on anything like that. They're built on getting... So if that bloop isn't falling, is what I'm saying, they are having a tough time putting together innings where they can score runs. A good example is last night. You know, they had a couple of hits, but Josh Naylor had that solo home run. But besides that, the offense never came to play. No,
0: and they're going to need Naylor. They're going to need J-Ram. They're going to need Oscar. They're going to need one of the three to really step up in game five for them to get this win tonight. Let's talk game five because we spent about 10 minutes before we hit the record button talking about... What your play is for tonight on the betting side, I'm just trying to compute how the hell this game is going to play out in my head. And I I have no idea how, but I think we came to some good conclusions. And that was that if runs do come, they're going to come in the front half of the game against a Savali, against a Tyone, maybe against a Nestor that is not necessarily accustomed to coming out of the bullpen in a winner-take-all game, and maybe against a guy like Shane Bieber on short rest, or maybe a a Trevor Stephan who comes out of the bullpen in the third inning. It's going to be unfamiliar territory for a lot of pitchers um, in the front half of the game, and that's where I think we think the runs
1: are going to come. I agree. So before we talk specifically about what bet I'm going to make, because I'm still unsure, but this is kind of how you and I were talking about it pre-record, is that Jamison Tyone is going to get the ball. And in that relief appearance, he allowed two runs on three hits. His ERA in the postseason right now is infinity. Like, he didn't get it out. So that's what we're dealing with, Jamison Tyone. But again, it's not like the Guardians were hitting the piss out of the ball. Um, do I think that Jameson Town can pitch decently? Well, yes, but how long will he go is the question. I think he will go one time through the order. Here, this is how I would do it. You want to know how I would do it? I would go Jameson Town one time through the order. That's it. I'm not. He's not going beyond three innings, in my opinion. Then I would go to Nestor, and I would get him for one time through the order. I like the righty-lefty split. And then I'm what I'm going to go to is another righty. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go Lou Trevino. And then maybe you can go Wandy, you can go La you can go Schmidt, you can go Holmes, you can do a lot of different things there. For the Guardians, what I want to do is I want to go Aaron Savali. I, you know, to be honest, I don't want to go to Aaron Savali at all. No, not at all. But if you have to go to Aaron Savali, and I think the Yankees are going to hit him. I mean, they've hit him before. There was a start, I remember, where he threw three innings and gave up five-plus runs, and then there was another start where he went six innings, four runs. I'm not confident, especially in Yankee Stadium with Aaron Savali pitching well. So, And then after Savali, what are the Guardians going to do? It's still unclear, but what we do know is that Stefan, Karinczak, and Class A have not pitched in the last two games, and those guys are their studs. De Los Santos is also going to be available. And when I saw him live, he throws – pellets he i mean i've watched so them all good. year yeah. because i bet on the guardians every fifth day so i've <laughs> i've seen everyone in this bullpen thirty thousand times but so they have plenty of guys so i think runs will be at a premium in the later innings yeah it's not a guarantee though it's not a guarantee but when i look at the early parts of the game that's where i feel like the runs are going to come in the yank or the guardians are good off fastball slider guys that's what james ton really does i mean he's got the hook I don't, it's more of a slurvy. It's just not that good of an off-speed pitch. Um, And then you got Aaron Savali who hangs stuff in the middle that, and he doesn't have, the, the Yankees have trouble off guys who make you chase, right? They throw up and in. Savali doesn't do that. Savali is just a contact guy. Yeah. And that's not a good recipe, especially against the Yankees. So I mean, we saw it with Quantrill. Like the guys who make the Yankees chase, like Mackenzie and Bieber, they can pitch very well. Yeah. Guys like Quantrill, who are in the zone a lot, not really chase, are trying to get you to induce soft contact. The Yankees do anything but hit soft contact. Yeah. So it's it's I think the Yankees are going to go up early but then I think the Guardians are going to fight back against a not well-rested Nestor. I just think it's going to be it's going to be a really close game. Like I think the Yankees get up early, Guardians tie it and then there's fireworks at the end. And I I would give the slight lean to the Yankees, but in a gambling context, I'm not paying a premium here. What the books are making us do.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Um, if we were to construct a lineup, then we think Boone is going to run out. Is it identical to the one last night? Torres, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Donaldson. I assume those are a carbon copy. Oswaldo, it's short. Bader in center, Trevino catching, Hicks in left. If there is one change, do you think it's Cabrera going to left
1: and IKF inserted for Hicks? I would not put an IKF in the game. I would not. He yeah. is pressing at shortstop he can single-handedly lose you the game on defense at this current juncture. What I would do is I would put Carpenter in there. Oh, yeah. I would put Carpenter in there. And you would have him do what? Play? I would have him play left. Okay. And I would put Oswaldo Cabrera at shortstop, who looked great, who's just such a dog.
0: Oswaldo's a, dog. I, a I, dog.
1: I I'm a big fan of Oswaldo cabrera like, Even if he doesn't hit, which is fine, he just has this intensity that I love on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Boone called him a ball player. <laughs> that's pretty and, awesome. and Boone also said that IKF is pressing. And I thought to myself, he's been pressing all year.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So that's that's an identical lineup here. I think that, that top five can get to Savali in the first inning. The way that I would look at it, if I was Tito, and Tito mm-hmm. is a Hall of Famer, Tito is uh, never going to listen to a 24 year old um, sitting in a studio apartment in Indianapolis, Indiana. But maybe here's here's how you could divide the game via nine innings, right? Um, so you've got Savali, Stefan, Karinchak, Classe. Who else? I want to throw Bieber in there. I think Bieber's going to pitch at some point tonight.
1: I wouldn't be shocked. Think I wouldn't be shocked. I think he should. I mean, Garrett Cole went on. He, Bieber should be ready. I, I wouldn't. I think we'll see Bieber in some aspect.
0: So that's five guys that you've got nine innings to play with. The way I would do it. Best case scenario: Savali for two, Bieber for two after that. Mm-hmm. That's four innings. Then you got Stefan for about one and a third.
1: I would go De Los Santos, then Stefan then Karen Czech, then Class A.
0: So you got four guys over five innings. You can do that. I feel great about that.
1: I feel great about that, too. This is going to be a sick game. It's going to be But it's Savali. Like, I would just start Bieber. Because if you start Bieber it's and you lose, you chalk it up. You gave it your best shot, right? I think Savali could be the reason they lose this game. And then it goes up early. And then it's just back and forth between bullpens. And then the Yankees end up winning. It could be wrong. That's all we can do here. But that, that just doesn't feel like the right decision here. If Savali had this history of being really good against the Yankees and he just had a bad season, you think, oh, well, he actually matches up good against the Yankees. He doesn't. He doesn't get you to chase. He, he's going to try and get you to ground ground out, and he's going to try and get you to And this team balls. lifts more than any other team. And it's just not what's going to happen. I, and Bieber... He he was a little shaky through the first inning. He gave up that home run to Stanton, but he really settled in and dominated. He dominated. He looked like Shane Bieber if it weren't for that home run from Giancarlo Stanton, which was also it went out to right field, and it kind of barely went out. It's not like Stanton crushed that ball either. So And I missed it. I was in line getting a steak sandwich, which Ugh, was just – I was idiots. like, okay, I just missed the only Idiot. Yankees runs that game. Yes. Which is fun.
0: Man. All right. Um, if you haven't seen it on, on the social media sphere, Peter is, um, putting together a graphic and it's, it's Apple's model My model, and he pumps out a score for each game. And what I will say is I haven't asked you about it. I think Apple's model is just you kind of feeling your nuts for about five seconds and saying, yeah, five,
1: two, that feels right. It's exactly what happens. Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny too, because I got some comments under the 15 to, or yeah, well, it was one of them. It was one of the models I put out and it was like, this is why I don't trust models and all the analytics. And I was like, you think I'm using analytics to predict these scores? (laughs) Like, I didn't even comment back. I was just like, this is just my gut. This is my gut feeling <laughs> about what I think the game is going to be. Like a lower I intestine. I like, yeah, I've been betting on baseball. Like I understand the scores of what I think it's going to be. It's not like I'm just throwing shit at a wall. Like yeah, did I guess fifteen to two when I was upset about the Yankees implosion in that game? So I said fifteen to two. Yeah, but that was the first time I. Re- this is really what I think the score is going to be. So I'm not just bullshitting it. But at the same time, it's not like I'm calculating different aspects of the game. It's just what I think the score is going to be. That's it. <laughs> what it's is my model? So, my brain's model. <laughs> What do you think the score is going to be? Feel your nuts. Put
0: your hand in your pants for about five seconds. What do you think the score is going to be today? The
1: tie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be four to three Yankees. And okay. the totals at seven and a half. I think the Yankees are going to get a big home run early. Um, I think the Guardians will end up tying the game. And off one of these Cleveland, oh, that just doesn't, That makes me think like, yeah, I think the, you know, you know what? I think the Yankees are going to get a, a, I think the Yankees are going to go up 3-0 early. I think the Guardians are going to claw their way back. The Yankees will score one more run. The Guardians are going to make it really close in the end. And then it ends 4-3.
0: I say 3-2 Guardians. It's 2-2 after the second inning with Savali (laughs) and Tyon. One run's coming in the last seven innings of the game, and it's going to come against the Yankee bullpen.
1: Who? Nestor. So you think it's still going to come early? So you think the Guardians are going to get up the lead in like, I think we're going to be done like the scoring. fourth or fifth?
0: I think we're going to be done scoring in the back half of the
1: game. I wouldn't be shocked. That Cleveland bullpen. Class A. I called Class A the Grim Reaper on Twitter. He is. So good. He's better than Diaz. Sorry. Um, yeah, he is.
0: Uh, uh, no. Yeah. No. I don't.
1: Dude. Yes. No. I think so.
0: All right, we're gonna do a little. We're gonna do a little fan graphs. Uh, do, a little
1: to- fan graphs. do a little fan Do a little fan graph. We're gonna do a little fan graphs. Do to- a little fan graph.
0: All right. I I've got it pulled up now. Um, Emmanuel Classe. <laughs> Here we go. Um, In the regular season in 2022, he had a 28% K rate. Opponents hit 165 against him. He had a 198 FIP. Okay? Yep. 28% K rate, 165, 198 FIP. Edwin Diaz. In the 2022 regular season. Had a 50.2% K rate. Opponents hit 158 against him, and he had a 0.9 FIP.
1: Yeah. No, I'm not saying that Edwin Diaz didn't have a better regular season this season. I mean, Diaz is the best
0: closer in baseball. Class A second. There's no problem with second.
1: There's no problem with second, but I'm saying if I need three outs, I'm going with Class A.
0: I'm going with Edwin Diaz. Wrong there we go no, it's,
1: it's 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 just up to opinion because i i mean we've seen class a do it a little bit more in the postseason and this is diaz's first i mean he's had amazing seasons before i mean i remember back in 2018 he had a 196 in 2020 in that shortened season he had a 175 but there have been years where he wasn't quite as good and the peripherals always looked amazing for him so i'm not going to judge in a reliever on an era he's always been very good he's had a blip here and there, but that's the thing with Class A. Never had a blip. Never had to worry about peripherals versus CRA. It's always been elite. And then you look at the stuff. While Diaz throws a 100, Class A's got a 100-mile-an-hour cutter. And then if you think that Diaz's slider is so amazing, it is. But Class A's got the slider too. I just think, who do I think is tougher to hit off of I think that there is more of a possibility that hitters can hit Diaz's fastball than they can hit Class A's cutter. And then I think the slider is hundredth percentile versus ninety-eighth percentile. Like
0: opponents opponents hit one fourteen against Diaz's slider. They hit two sixty six against his four seamer. Okay. Um, I will still say that Edwin Diaz is the best closer in baseball. Uh, but class A is two for sure. All right. So you got four, three Yankees. I've got three, two guardians. Interesting. Cool. Cool. Um, We're going to recap the three series that are finished, but first go to just baseball.com. Click on the shop and use the code October 15. And all of a sudden you get sweet gear for like cheaper than you would normally get it for.
1: It's actually incredible. It's an incredible phenomenon. So what you're going to do is you're going to put October 15 in the promo code area. And you get 15% off. Hats, sweatshirts, long sleeves. It's all stocked up. And if you have a problem, so we've had a lot of people getting merch, which we appreciate, guys. Um, at Lefty McKee, that's Kendall McKee. He's our merch coordinator. If you have a problem with shipping, because there have been a couple of states where people say, Oh, is it? It'll, it'll give you an alert where it says... Oh, won't it won't ship, ship to this year, but it's, it's always, it's almost like a bug on the website for some reason that Kendall then just has to approve certain States for whatever reason, but we ship to most States we ship to Canada. Like we'll, we'll get you your merch for some reason in a couple of States. I know Maryland was one of them that um it, it gives you that alert and says we can't ship there. But if you just send him a message, he'll approve it and you're good to go 15% off just baseball merch best way to support this show as well as give us a five-star review if you've been, been enjoying like why not why yeah. not us
0: 100 why not why I not mean, us right if you get a hat never take it off never never i think the next thing to come in the line is the is the winner hats we need a just baseball beanie
1: i need Ooh, a i like that yeah. i like that
0: we'll we'll talk to ken
1: we'll, we'll talk well we'll i'll have my people call your people
0: okay perfect <laughs> um Winner of Yankees Guardians is going to see the Houston Astros, who, who swept over four games, I will say. Um, I think this series finished 3 0 1 in favor <laughs> of the Houston Astros because they won an eight team. <laughs> won nothing and that game in Seattle. I was working ball state football on Saturday afternoon. It was a two o'clock kickoff. Game ends around five forty five. They beat UConn. Shout out the Cardinals. Chirp, chirp. Chirp, chirp. Um, yeah, taking on Jim Mora. You remember Jim Mora, the head coach of UCLA? He's now at UConn, and it, he apparently lives in a haunted house, and he said there's good ghosts living <laughs> in his house. Um, UConn is terrible. It's awful. I, uh, not that shitty this year. They're less shitty now, so acknowledge that.
1: What um, I, you know what I'm acknowledging? The 6-0 and Syracuse Orange. Oh, yeah. Shout out to them. Dino's got the boys right. Boys are right. Sean Tucker, beast. All I got to say is Alabama has one loss. Syracuse has no losses. Do with that information with what you will. Tennessee's got no losses, man. Josh Heupel, Hendon Hooker.
0: Uh, I mean, come on. But the Houston Astros. I was – we finished the game at like 5.45-ish. Wrap-up post game at like 6.15. Get in the car with my broadcast partner. And we're driving back about 45 minutes. But halfway through the drive, say, oh, well, um, a Houston and Seattle are scoreless going into the seventh. you mind if I turn that on? He's like, yeah, for sure. Seventh through tenth, I'm listening to Rick Riz on the radio for the Mariners. And then 11 through 18, I'm not taking my eyes off the television. That was the best baseball theater I've experienced in a very, very long time. And there were no runs
1: to come. I know. I totally agree with you. And for some reason, that Cleveland-Rays game that went 15 innings and there was no runs, for some reason, this game was so much more entertaining. And I couldn't put my finger on it. I'll tell I you guess exactly because what it was. I'll tell you inter-
0: exactly what it was. It was Seattle. Me. It was the it was Seattle game in Seattle in like 20 years in the postseason.
1: And I, I don't think fans sat down for two straight hours. No. From for uh, actually, the game started at around four, ended at what nine forty five. It was a six hour twenty two minute game. I don't think they sat down in Seattle. Well, let's talk about the actual game. That was,
0: I mean, it was it was the most fun I've had, and you know, I'm just a I'm a pitching dork. Like I love it. So me too. I would, yeah, exactly. Like, I would prefer this over, like, 10-9 in nine innings just because it's like, oh, what's Hector Neris going to do? What's Rafael Montero going to do? What's Ryan Stanek going to do? How about Hunter Brown going two scoreless innings? How about Luis Garcia going five innings of two-hit shutout ball, striking out six and walking none from, what was it, the, the 13th through the 18th? I mean, come on, man. Like,
1: that- I got to say, I would rather a 10 9 game ah. in the playoffs. That is electric. See, that is electric. Is
0: like, who the hell's going to score here? Um, no, I agree. 42, combi- 42 combined punch outs in this game. Insane. And then you have Kirby, right? I mean, he was incredible. And in his first yeah. postseason start, tip of the cap to George Kirby. Andres Munoz was great. Matt Brash. Dick on the table moment to end yeah. You know the the ninth And then you got Seawald going two Scoreless innings you got Swanson Festa Matt Boyd Penn Murphy uh, Although Murphy was the one to give up the run I mean it was just like It was two Dynamite bullpens Going back and forth For a game like a game And a half
1: there was and One mistake so one mistake That was made and that was the Penn Murphy Sinker to Jeremy Peña. Yeah. Who hit it out of the park and that ended up being the game. I just want to also shout out Luis Garcia to five shutout at the end of that game. Yeah. yeah. What a performance. Are you kidding me? It was great. A guy who's been in the starting rotation all season didn't make the final rotation for the Astros because that's how good the Astros are. And he came in and dominated. I thought that was one of the best pitching performances of the postseason so far. Considering the circumstances. It was fantastic. You had you in that game, you had to throw a shot. It's different than when you're starting and anything could happen. But he came in from the what was it, thirteenth through the eighteenth inning through five innings, two hits. Everything was working. But the Mariners, man, they just They couldn't put anything together offensively. And someone else on the other side who couldn't put anything together offensively, Jose Altuve, 0 for 16. He went 0 for 8 in that final game. I've never seen that ever from Jose Altuve. I've never seen him struggle like that, ever.
0: So what was crazy to me was Altuve and Jordan Alvarez combined to go 0 for 15 with five punch-outs in that game. You
1: just don't see that
0: no not at all and Kyle Tucker was 2 for 7 both of his hits were singles i mean leave it to Jeremy Peña in that 8 spot and, and he was he was 1 no, for 8 like that that's, that's not a good sp- day 1 for 8 <laughs> in the 2 spot he was in the 2 spot yeah and peña has officially taken over for carlos correa and yeah. and we knew that he had taken over in like may cuz he had a great start to his major league career but i mean if if anybody had any doubt as to how the Astros would fare in a post Correa world, might I point you to Jeremy Pena? Because this guy is going to be the shortstop for the Houston Astros. I bet they hand him a contract. I bet he's the shortstop for the Astros for the next 10 years, 12 years.
1: The glove is taken care of. And if he hits like this, it's more than taken care of. Yes. Uh-huh. I also, there are a couple more things that I really want to shout out about the Astros because first, six straight ALCSs. Yeah. That level of consistency is almost unmatched. This is a dynasty at this point. Yeah. And I think at this point, they are the World Series favorites, and they should be. And they were probably going into this playoffs one of, if not the postseason. I mean, it was the Dodgers, then it was them in terms of the odds. And yes. the Astros were right there. And they are the only one seed to make it out. I remember I had this theory at the beginning of, of the postseason that this break that these division leaders had that they couldn't build up momentum moving forward from a MLB season where you play every day. You're built on that. Baseball players are built on routine. And then you mess up that routine. We saw the Dodgers lose out, which we're going to talk about in a minute. We saw the Braves lose out, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But the Astros were the one team, and maybe the Yankees might do it. Remember, we still have this game ahead of us. But for the Astros to sweep, not only was the sweep incredibly impressive because the Mariners are so good and deserve to be here, and if you put the Mariners against the Guardians or Mariners against the Yankees, I think we both agree that they could have beaten any of them. That's how good the Astros are. Even with the break that ruined every other one seed, even facing the Mariners, they were able to sweep. They went head-to-head with the Mariners' bullpen, which is so good. The Mariners' starting rotation, which is so good. They just were better in every facet than them, which is just incredible. And it is no – like if I'm a Seattle Mariner fan sitting there, I, I'm thinking to myself, that was basically the World Series because the Astros are going to win it any anyway. We just faced them in round one. Yeah, best I'm not team beat anything away from them. It's, no. it's all Astros. It's incredible what they do. That was the toughest sweep the
0: Astros will ever have. I mean that was as tightly contested a swept
1: series can possibly look. I mean the comeback at the end. I mean they were winning that game and then you know yeah, I agree with you. It was it was, it was incredibly tough. It it could easily have been 2-1 Mariners.
0: Walk-off homer down one. on Pokes one into the Crawford boxes in the 7th inning in game 2. And then you've got an 18 inning, one nothing game in game three. That is the hardest sweep you will find in any postseason series ever. I'll stand by it. Um, the other thing that impresses me so much about Houston, and, and I think why they were a clean, a clean sweep between me, you, and Aram as our World Series winner when we picked the postseason, is because somehow the pitching's not taxed right now. They, they've got a double off day, they start on Wednesday a triple off day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, they're going to have off. And here you are. You can run out Christian Javier, who made one appearance out of the bullpen in the ALDS to start game one. It was like a top 15 pitcher in major league baseball this year. So Javier can start game one. Then you can roll to a well-rested Justin Verlander game two, a well-rested Framber Valdez game three, and a well-rested Lance McCullers game four and have Luis Garcia and Hunter Brown ready to go out of the bullpen whenever you need. And oh, by the way, this game went 18 fucking innings and they didn't turn to Jose Urquidy. They didn't need him. This pitching depth is freakishly good. And you acknowledge starting pitching depth as the thing that gets you through the postseason. The Astros somehow just played the most taxing three-game set you could have possibly played. And here they are, not taxed
1: at all. They are the only team where there's not a pitcher from the top of the rotation to the bottom of the bullpen where I don't have confidence in can get me three outs in any situation against any team. Last I year, guess I would have besides said, Jose Urquidy, I guess
0: no. Last year, I would have said Arquidi. This year, not the case because they've they've been tighter leash on him this year than they were last year.
1: I agree. I, I just, if I'm going to hold them to that high of a standard, like I would be nervous or Keaty coming in, in a scoreless game against the Yankees or the yeah. Guardians.
0: This team that was two games away from winning the World Series last year added Justin Verlander and Lance McCullers to the fold.
1: This is the best version of the Astros we've seen. Yes. Keep they are incredible. It. Keep but on f- saying it. Another give final- it to Se- Seattle. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. We... <laughs> It's such a tough way to go out, but I know you can hold your head. I knowing that there will be more series ahead and that you went up against most likely the world series winner. Yes. That's what happened. And you just happen to face him in round one. Like, I guess it could have been cooler if you faced the guardians of the Yankees, beat them and then face the Ashos in the LCS. But I feel like the same thing would have been written. It's just the Ashos are incredible. Yeah, You're losing to the best team in the postseason.
0: Um, all right, how about how about the best team in the regular season getting bounced in four games? San Diego wins game four, five, three. Hader collects his third save of the postseason, and, and the Dodgers are done after four games. Um, I mean, credit to San Diego. Like, that crowd at Petco was infectious. It was as wild as Seattle's was. Um, San Diego can make some noise, man. I mean, they've got, like... They've got the makings. My one worry about them is starting pitching. That's that's my one concern there. Um, really? Yeah. Because they're going to go to Clevenger again, which sucks.
1: Yeah. I guess my one worry is the middle innings because Suarez Garcia and Hayter are dominant. Yeah. Besides that, I get a little nervous. Tim Hill? You're not a fan of Tim Hill? <laughs> Not really, Um, but with Musgrove, Snell, and Darvish, you can do anything in any spot. I mean, if Snell, Snell didn't even have it fully and he beat the Dodgers, Musgrove didn't have it fully, but the Dodgers or the Padres won that game. Like Darvish didn't have it fully, but kept them in the ball game. That's the Dodgers we're talking about. When you watch this Dodgers team and you got Mookie, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith. That is about that's an all-star team. That is the beginning of an all-mlb team. Yeah. If you if you could pick one leadoff hitter to for the all-mlb team, you'd probably pick Mookie. If you had to pick a shortstop, you might pick Trey Turner. If you needed a first baseman, probably Freddie. You could say Goldschmidt this year, but probably Freddie. And then a catcher, one hitter, probably Will Smith. Yeah. It's and the Padres did their job. Yeah. Juan Soto did his job. Manny Machado. How about the bottom of the lineup with yeah. Christian Nola?
0: And how about Jake Cronenworth in game four? I
1: mean, it's huge. Huge. And that comeback, that was about as electric as playoff baseball can get. Dodgers choked. And they've been choking. 111 wins. You see all over Twitter at the beginning of the postseason. Should the Dodgers just be awarded the World Series? We were almost just crowning them before they even deserved anything. But this is a team that dominates the regular season, beats the living piss out of the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, and the Giants. And then the Padres in the regular season. They roll because their depth is incredible, similar to the Astros. But when it's all said and done, this team has folded year in and year out. They have. They won a 2020 championship. People call it Mickey Mouse. I don't. I give him to that. I give him that one. But again, that was the 2020 season. And they have now been the perennial favorite. They spend more money than anyone. Now with the Mets and Steve Cohen, that may change. But they spend more money than anyone. They constructed a super team. And they have nothing to show for it again. Yeah. We talked about how good Yancy Almonte was. Gave up the lead. They are good on paper. They look great, but there is something there. And Dave Roberts guaranteeing a World Series while the Dodgers said that they're going to keep him. That's, you can't do that. He is, he gets in his own head. Yeah. His decisions are not great. Not
0: great. My thing is, my thing is, he makes too many. I, yeah. I don't like how many decisions he makes. Like, so Tyler Anderson going five innings, he allowed two hits. He was dominant. Yeah. Why not put him out there for a sixth and push everybody back a little bit? So you have Chris Martin ready for a seventh. It was the seventh inning that, that got them screwed. I mean, Tommy Canely allowed three runs and didn't get an out. And then Yency Almonte came in a, and blew the save. And then Vessia came in and finally ended that seventh inning. And then you go to Evan Phillips, and he turns in a one, two, three inning and he strikes out the side in order. So it's that seventh of Canely, Almonte, and Vessia. They needed three arms to get through the seventh inning. My thing is if you were a little bit more loose with Tyler Anderson, who is great, let him start the sixth. I think this is a different story, man. But for some reason, he feels like he needs to be two steps ahead of
1: everything. When in reality, you only have to be a step ahead. I think we're also playing Monday morning quarterback. Literally, it's Monday morning after the game. Because let's say he let a, he gave Tyler Anderson the leash. And we're thinking to ourselves, we just saw Tommy Canley shove. Like, dominate the Padres. We've seen Yancey Almonte dominate. And then he gives up are we thinking to ourselves, why didn't he go to the bullpen? Okay. I'm unsure about that. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but we are playing Monday morning quarterback. Yes. But I feel like just using that situation to describe Dave Roberts, I mean, this has been, maybe that decision wasn't bad because at the end I of the day, I think it's a microcosm. It, it's a micro, it is. That's the perfect way to describe it. It's a microcosm of what's been happening to the Dodgers for the last half decade. Julio Reyes crossed 100 pitches twice this
0: year Tyler Anderson you're telling me at 86 pitches he can't start a sixth inning it's it's all a microcosm man I mean Tony Gonsolin doesn't log innings Anderson doesn't log innings Kershaw wasn't logging innings I mean nobody was allowed to just go out there and roll the last time somebody was allowed to go out there and roll was last year and Walker Bueller. um and, and I'm not saying, like, that did Bueller in for a second tour in UCL, but I'm sure Dave Roberts is thinking, oh, he can't have a guy go seven anymore. Yes, he can. Yeah, he can.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with you. In the moment, I thought to myself, why isn't Tyler Anderson still pitching? Like, Why did they do that? That was maybe the best start that they've gotten from a starter this postseason. It was. Glenn Kershaw got hit. Julio Reyes got hit in the fifth. Tony Gonsolin barely even made it. And then Tyler Anderson gave you the best start. And also Tyler Anderson has been dominant this year. Why were you not confident in this guy? He was maybe the Dodgers' best starting pitcher besides Julio Reyes over the full season because Gonsolin got hurt and Clay Kershaw. Well, Clay Kershaw was really good too. But the Dodgers were just really good. But Tyler Anderson, there was no reason for you to believe that he didn't deserve another inning there. And then you shorten the amount of bullpen that you need. I agree, but it's just credit to the Padres. The amount of fight that they had, the belief. Bob Melvin pressing all the right buttons. We're talking about managers. Let's give him a ton of credit. Credit. seemed like every decision he made was perfect. The lineups he constructed. I thought he did a phenomenal job, and the Padres deserve this. And now they're the favorites going into the series in the ALCS. Will they win? We're going to talk about it probably in the next episode. Yeah, but they have they have a chance to make this World Series. They are a fant- fantastic team, overcoming the loss of Fernando Tatis Jr. Arguably a top five player when healthy.
0: Padres are going to the NLCS with Hasan Kim hitting leadoff. Um, last thing against from me, lefties. I'm, yeah. Uh, last thing from me, I. Love the way Bob Melvin is using Josh Hader because we talked about it in the wild card series. David Cohn brought up a great point. Buster only bolstered that point. He said, um, hater has been better on longer rest. A- and the way that Bob Melvin is using hater, and the beauty of postseason ball is you get that off-day travel day sprinkled in here. I think that Bob Melvin is going to use Hader perfectly where he's not I going to agree. throw back to back days and he's going to look like vintage Hader where he strikes out the side in order to to wrap up his third save and, and to send the Padres to the NLCS.
1: And I think what I was a little bit nervous about for the Padres was I thought to myself, well, who's going to be the guy in the bullpen outside of Hader? Because I believe that Hader, especially with that great end of the season, that he was going to come back and he was going to be vintage Josh Hader. And he has been. But I thought to myself, do I really like Luis Garcia that much? Do I really like Robert Suarez that much? Yes. And the more I watch them, the more I'm falling in love the with answer, them. Yes. They plow cheese. They have no, there is no, they're tiptoeing around, right? They go after you with 101 and say, hit it. I dare you. It's coming at you hard and it's coming at you right here up in the zone. Good breaking balls. These guys are dominant. Luis Garcia, especially. I mean, just a horse up there. Kind of looks like De Los Santos, except pumping. I mean, De Los Santos pumps, too, with the Guardians. But, man, I mean, these guys, there are horses. These are bulls. Yeah. These, These are big boys coming in blowing cheese. Padres got it all man they have the bullpen now they have the three starters on any given day they can look like an ace Musgrove Snell Darvish and then you have an explosive lineup where there's no rests you would think Nolan Grisham would be the rest but they've been unreal what they don't have is the momentum that
0: the Phillies have
1: um I think both teams are coming in with momentum that's why this is going to be such an incredible series
0: I think the Phillies have this unmatched momentum right now. They take down the defending World Series champs 8-3 in game four. Um, I mean, they got to Chuck Morton immediately. We knew that Charlie Morton was combustible, and he did combust here. You got a double from Brandon Marsh and Gene Segura. You got homers from Marsh, Real So Harper. Before we get any farther, I said before the Wild Card series, uh, I want to see a legacy cementing postseason from Bryce Harper. With the Phillies going to the NLCS in six games for the Phils so far, Bryce Harper leads the entire postseason with a 435 batting average with an OPS over 1,400. He's tied for the lead with three bombs. He's one back at Urdan with six RBIs, and he's the postseason leader in hits with 10. You ask for a legacy cementing postseason, you shall receive a legacy cementing postseason. He is the postseason MVP to this point. Bryce Harper is maybe the most valuable player in baseball. He won MVP last year because he willed the Phillies into postseason contention by himself last year. There's a chance he takes the fucking Philadelphia Phillies to the World Series by going nuclear
1: against the San Diego Padres. The difference is then this year they have plenty of other hitters too. Yes. Um, when you look at the Phillies lineup, I mean, similar to the Padres, where's the rest? I know Schwarber has not been good this postseason. Reese Hoskins has that huge home run with one of the most it wasn't a bat flip, it was a bat stomp. That was electric. JT Romuto has been. Solid this postseason at the plate, Nicasianos has been good. Alec Boma has been decent. Stott not as much, but at the bottom, again, Gene Segura, Brandon Marsh have been some of the best hitters in the lineup. So while Bryce Harper is the leader with a 1437 OPS, and it but this time he's not leading by himself. There is no rest in the Phillies lineup, similar to the Padres, and but unsimilarly to the Atlanta Braves where Eddie Rosario didn't show up this series. William Contreras didn't show up. Michael Harris, the young rookie didn't show up. Austin Riley didn't show up. Travis Darnot played great, Matt Olson played great, Dansby Swanson didn't show up. So there was a plenty of rest in the Braves lineup when there was no rest in the Phillies lineup. And can I take my uh, victory lap on oh, series. The Phillies series price being yeah. the Braves?
0: Sure, go ahead.
1: No, I just I just want you you to shower me with praise.
0: Yeah. So not only are you super handsome. <laughs> All right, I like this. I'm gonna sit back. Uh you guessed correctly that the Phillies beat the Braves.
1: That's it. That's it. Is that it? <laughs> That's it. I'll take it. I'll take anything I can get. No, but really what I saw was I saw a Phillies team beat the Cardinals, who I again was super high on. And I thought they built that momentum. I also had this theory that. These one seeds were going to struggle, even though I didn't really put my money where my mouth is when we did the bracket, because I just thought it would be a little bit too much. But I should have stuck to my guns, and I thought this was going to be a problem. And I saw the Phillies coming in with Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, and I thought to myself, there's not a lot of losses here for the Phillies unless Wheeler, Nola, and Suarez don't perform, and they did. I mean, especially Nola. Jeez, I mean, was he a phenomenal. Wheeler had that one inning, which really happened because of the Reese Hoskins like miscue I mean both of them are some of the best pitchers in the league and when you have two of them like it's what the Mets thought they had with DeGrom and Scherzer the Phillies have with Wheeler and Nola and Suarez Suarez was great and the Phillies bullpen really good we got to shout out some guys here Jack we got to shout out some guys here Sir Anthony Dominguez one of my favorite relievers in baseball this season was great. Brad Hand, Jose Alvarado, while not as good as in the regular season, is still giving you his best. Zach Eflin, Bilotti. They have guys. They do. They can weather the storm after their great starters. But the difference in these great starters and the Dodgers' great starters is the Dodgers' great starters go five. Wheeler Nola go seven. Think about the, think about the, um,
0: The Phillies winning a game to go to the NLCS by using Noah Syndergaard for three innings, who is a shell of his former self, and the Phillies bullpen, which has been branded as a disaster for the last decade for six innings.
1: They win a game 8-3 against the Atlanta Braves. It's a new Phillies team. It's a new Phillies team. But can we talk about the Braves for a second? I mean... Uh, I mean, you mentioned that a lot of guys, like, stunk. It's tough to... Like, I remember it was so funny. I I was um I was watching the Q's game with um a couple of my buddies and and a lot of them are from Atlanta and I haven't seen them in a long time and they listen to the Just Baseball Show. They say of MLB podcasts, it's hard to find a more pro Braves podcast than you guys. Like you guys love the Braves and we love listening to. You. And then you turned on us, like me specifically. They're talking about me. You turned on us, and I said, "Yeah, I pick who I think is going to win." And I thought the Phillies were going to win, but. While we have been so pro-Braves, like let's hold them accountable here. They were the favorites in this series. And they lost. And it wasn't even that close. A lot of the stars didn't show up. The starting rotation. They put Strider in when he didn't look healthy. That home run to Reese Hoskins was 93.8 miles an hour. You're telling me Strider was fully healthy there? Didn't look like it to me. He started off great cut the cord because he didn't look all the way there. Freed didn't show up. We're holding, you know, we've been all, all over Garrett Cole. Are we going to hold Max Freed accountable for not showing up. Well, well, here's the difference. Freed has put together incredible postseason outings time and time again. So was Garrett Cole. He had that one blow up start, but it just ingrained in our minds so much yeah, but Max Fried isn't a New York Yankee. That's, okay. that's the big But now Max Fried just had that Garrett Cole start.
0: No, we're not looking at Freed as no, that was that was a one-off.
1: Garrett Cole had a one-off.
0: Yeah, I think everybody's realizing that it was a one-off now. Okay. But again, like Garrett Cole. I just think we should him hold people
1: we should hold people to the same accountability that we hold to others but That's acknowledge
0: fair. acknowledge that cole and freed are different situations
1: because not only is garrett cole the ace
0: of the new york yankees but he also does not build himself much capital by freaking
1: out over very minor things during the regular season okay but i'm still gonna hold freed accountable for you're the ace of the atlanta braves the world series champion and your game one against the phillies in rangers war is you have to win that game and he got crushed yeah what i will say is dansby sucked Austin Riley really sucked and Michael Harris really sucked. And those are guys that have been MVP candidates this year and they didn't show up. That's all I'm saying. If we're going to hold Yankee guys accountable, we're going to hold, you know, we're going to hold Dodgers accountable. Let's hold Braves accountable because we have been so pro Braves and we're not just going to gloss over them. They were dominant this year. They had an incredible regular season and they stunk it up when it mattered most. That's just the fact of the situation. You know, the Mets, we held them accountable. Oh, yes, we held the Mets accountable. We bagged on them. Let's bag on the Braves. That's all I'm saying here. We've been so pro Braves. They didn't show up. But to the Braves' credit, they won the World Series last year. It's very hard to repeat. And overall, they had a successful season and ran into a really hot Phillies team who deserves all the praise in the world. Yes.
0: Um all right, we're going to talk Phillies, Padres tomorrow. We're going to have a winner of the ALDS. We're going to have an ALCS matchup, so we'll talk about that Yankees Guardians game 5 tomorrow uh and, and we'll pick who's going to the World Series. Cool? Can't wait. You know awesome. that uh Bart Scott
1: Jets. Yeah. Can't, Can't wait. wait.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh no, how about the Jets, man? Good, good on the Jets. Um all New right, your
1: football this year 14 and 4. Yeah. Not Bills, not Jets, terrible.
0: Giants. It's not terrible. And the Bills are better than the Jets and Giants, promise you. Maybe. Um, all right. Peter's going to have a Monday Night Football pick out for you in a matter of minutes. Um, nothing else for me. Again, October 15 on the site. Uh, leave us a five star review. A whole bunch of written content at justbaseball.com. I think that's about it with that. And with
1: that, thank you, everybody.